Cummins Real Estate Group show with local rock star realtor Michelle Cummins and myself, <laughs> Curtis Pope. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Curtis. Happy Saturday once again to you. And a happy Saturday to you. And I know we got to get right to it today because you've got a special guest. Yes, we do. And we have our beautiful half hour show. And I want to get as much questions in as as much information from our guests as possible. So we welcome today Dustin Heiner. And Dustin Heiner, he has a really great uh, history about him. He quit his J-O-B, that is acronym for Just Over Broke, when he was 37 years old by investing full-time in real estate. He is the founder of Master Passive Income. You have to check out the website. And successfully unemployed. Definitely check that one out, too. And he became one of the leading real estate rental property experts. Dustin wrote his first book, so cool. It's called How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties, which quickly became a bestseller. Then he began helping others on how to start investing in real estate rental properties. And we have had a guest on the show before, and everyone knows how much I love real estate investing. And uh, being a real realtor, uh, I'm in a job that I believe in, and I wholeheartedly believe in that. Again, my motto, one of them, is unlocking your real estate potential. So thank you for coming on and being a guest on our show today, Dustin. Welcome. Thank you, Michelle. I'm super excited to be here. And I just, I love, uh, not just necessarily real estate, I love real estate, but also what it affords me to do. I basically just hang out with my family and just have a good time. So I don't have to work, which is that, you're right, just overbroke job. I just, I really wanted to quit that. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. Chris and I are pretty excited to have you. We haven't had a lot of guests um, since COVID started for the last couple of years or so. So it's great to have you on. And uh, you are calling in from the beautiful, sunny, warm Arizona. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes, I am in Phoenix, Arizona. So nice. I was supposed to be there for one of the uh, luxury forums, the REMAX conferences um, this month, actually, and I didn't get to go, but uh, I'm living vicariously right now today through you because it's a little overcast here, you know. Uh, we get our beautiful tropical um, weather, and and but I love Arizona. So nice. I, I tend to wake up earlier when I'm in Arizona. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's so much sun here. It's beautiful. And the wintertime is absolutely amazing. Like a high of like 65 degrees, low of like 55. It's just perfect here. That's why you get so many of us Canadians down there in the winter. Exactly. <laughs> they call them the snowbirds. They That's right. In here. They drive all around, clog up all the streets because there's so many of them around. But, hey, it's great. This is such a fantastic place to live. Chris, have you ever been to Phoenix, Arizona? I have not been to Arizona. I've been all up and down the uh, the, the west coast of the U.S., but I have not ventured far enough in to check out Arizona yet. Definitely a stop you have to check out. Well, I'm a big western fan. I, I know there's a little little town there called Tombstone that i got to check out. Oh, You're right. Absolutely. Super cool. There's so many things here in Arizona, especially like, like the Phoenix area within an hour, maybe two-hour drive at most. There's so many things to see. So, yeah, you should Oh, the walks that you can take there, it's so beautiful. Uh, okay, so Dustin, I wanted to get right into it. By the way, my nephew, his name is Dustin, and then I have another nephew named Dusty, so I really like your name. 
I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I was, my given name is Dustin, but all my friends and family and people at church they always call me Dusty because that's just what I go by. But, you know, for business, I'm like, i got to be professional, at least somewhat. So I just go by <laughs> Dustin. Love it. It's a good name. Uh, so uh, my first question to you is when was the moment you knew that you wanted to be a real estate investor? Oh, yeah. So... Uh, growing up, I've always been entrepreneurial. So, you know, it's like 13 years old. I had a paper route where I would get the newspapers on my bike and bang garage doors with them. I had a graphic website design company. I had a skateboard manufacturing business, a convenience store pizzeria. So I've always been entrepreneurial growing up. And as I was doing that, I thought, you know what? I might as well go ahead and invest in real estate. I've heard it's smart to invest in real estate. So I bought one rental property and I realized after buying one rental property that made me a minimum of $250 a month in passive income, this one made me $387, I think, something like that, in the first month. And I thought, that's amazing. I can't believe how much money I make from without working, like literally without working. And so fast forward a little bit of time, I'm still working my normal job. So I used to work at the Fresno County, and I did IT or technology work at Fresno County. like bring the county job sitting at a desk all day. And so I worked there 10, 12, 13 years or however long, but a long time building my career there. At the same time, trying to do other things, but I always thought, okay, a career working here is going to be fantastic. I'll be set for life. And my wife and I, we started having a family, kid after kid, and eventually we had our fourth child. So I got to tell you the story because it really hits home for me how I became an investor when I made that switch to become an investor. So my wife had our fourth child. So if you're watching this, you can see it in the background. You can see a picture of my four children. Well, when my fourth child was born, I went on paternity leave. Paternity leave is where you stay home with the mom, you bond with the baby, change diapers, all that good stuff. And then I get back after paternity leave. And that same week that I get back on a Friday at about 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's, boss's, boss's secretary. I said, top dog. His secretary calls me up and says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And I said, sure. And I hung up the phone. And I paused for a second. And I sit down in my chair and I start to think, why would they be calling me to the office? This, is, this isn't normal. This is weird. Okay. And then I paused a little bit more, longer and I remembered. Before I went on paternity, about two or three months prior, there were some rumors or some rumblings that possible layoffs were coming because the department and the county was running low on money. And so I immediately shut that off. I'm like, no way. I've been here 13, 14 years, and I have great seniority. No way it's me. So I get up, and I walk down the hall to my boss's office. Now, this hallway isn't very long, but every single step I take, it feels like my feet are led bricks. They get heavier and heavier. And that hallway feels like it's getting longer and longer as I walk down the hallway because the weight of the world seems to start falling on my shoulders because I start thinking, my goodness, if I get laid off right now, what's going to happen to me and my family? What am I going to do? Well, I make it through the hallway and I turn the corner and my boss's door is closed and his secretary is looking at me. And sheepishly, she says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? So I take a seat, and I smile, and I say yes, and I take a seat. And she's grinning at me kind of sheepishly, and she's trying to console me with her eyes because she knows everything that's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. And as I'm sitting there, I start thinking, if I get laid off right now, how am I going to be able to provide for my family? Does it make me a failure as a father? 
a failure as a husband, as a man providing for his family. All these years of working toward this career, is that going to be taken away from me? Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy, my forehead gets all sweaty because there's just all these thoughts going through my head. And then my boss's door opens up, and out walks a lady, a coworker of mine, with a piece of paper in her hands. And she's noticeably distraught, noticeably upset, but she's not necessarily crying. But you can tell her world has absolutely been rocked. And as she passes by me, my boss says, Dustin, would you please come into the office? I say, sure. And I walk in the office and I get laid off. Apparently the department is running low on money. And so I get laid off and I walk back to my desk. And I sit down and I realize two things right there, Michelle. Number one, I need to get another job. I need to be able to provide uh, you know, food for my family, roof over my head. And so I was really blessed, praise the Lord, to be able to find a job very, very quickly in the same county. Another department retiring. The sheriff's department, great job. So I was able to transfer. They didn't get laid off. So that was a huge blessing. But the second thing that I learned there, I want everybody else to learn this as well. I learned that I need to make sure that I never, ever let this happen to me again. Never have anybody have the ability to take the rug out from under me so I can't feed my family ever again. So right then and there, I made the decision. To go answer your question, I made the decision right then and there to, instead of when somebody asked me, Dustin, what do you do? I would normally say, I work for the county government. I do IT work. But they're basically asking me, and when they ask you that, they're asking you the value that you put on yourself. Like, what value do you put on yourself? And so no longer did I ever say I'd work for the county government. I now say I am an investor because I knew that's something I needed and wanted to do, but I never really went full force into it. I had a property or two, and I just didn't really go forward into it. And so this made me, I now investor. It may so happen that 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my side job. I am a full-time investor. Now, what I did was I went to work at this other apartment, bought property after property after property, after 30 plus properties, I literally had so much money coming in. And even though I was making $75,000 a year working for the county there, I said, I'm losing money here. I'm going to quit. And so this is, well, round up the story show to share that I went to my boss's office, my new boss, great boss and everything. I said, hey, boss, I'm getting you a two-week notice. You're getting laid off. And so I leave my office for the last time, and I'm walking downtown Fresno. I didn't want to pay for parking, so I parked about a mile and a half away. And I'm walking. Done this walk a thousand times. And this walk, I feel like I am walking on clouds. If you remember back when I was walking down the hallway with lead bricks, now I'm walking away from my job, walking on clouds, because everybody needs to realize this, and this is what I realized. I need to get paid for the value that I bring, because here, I realize this. A job is just over broken. So if everybody realizes that your boss is only paying you enough money to keep you working without quitting, but not so much that takes money out of their pocket. So you need to realize that your value is in who you are. I, my value comes from my God, from my family, and from myself. And so for everybody watching this and watching this, I want you to realize that you are worth so much more than anybody can ever pay you. And from there, I just kept buying, buying more properties, and buying more properties. Eventually, I had so many properties. I was like, man, this is fantastic. And I have people asking me, well, how can I do it? Do you show me? That's when I started Master Passive Income. So there's probably a lot of questions, or you have other questions. So I'll, I'll pause there to share. That's how I got into investing. Wow, Dustin. And wow. And you were 37 years old when you quit that job. And yep, then you started walking on clouds. <laughs> and I, it just hits home. My heart is so warm right now because it, what you what you did and what you share and what you give to others and to let them understand and know that they can do it too. 
I say anybody could could make wealth in real estate. It, it just takes the steps of doing it. And you know what? Sometimes the we're, some tough times we go through causes great things to happen in our lives. And this is what happened to you. You were you almost you had that feeling. Oh my gosh, am I going to lose my job? And it made you rethink everything. And that and your acronym, the J O B, the just over broke. Uh, you know what you explain there and how you explain that. It's so true. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's something that as I would find property after property, I just absolutely realized that it, life is so much more important than my job. And I'd rather spend it with my family. I'd rather be serving other people, helping out at my church and doing other things. And when I was able to quit my job, I realized, my goodness, I could travel the world, but then I could also serve more people. Yeah, and that was right for you in your moment and, and what you were doing and, and what you were supposed to do. And uh, it's amazing. Okay, when we come back from the break... I do have a few more questions for you. <laughs> All right, good. We'll take a quick break right now. Michelle, if people want more information about what you do as a realtor, where can they go? MichelleCummins.ca. We'll be back with more right after this. Cummins Real Estate Group show with Michelle Cummins and myself, Curtis Pope. And of course, we have our special guest as well. Uh, and Michelle, I know you have lots of questions to get into, so I'm not going to hold you back. Yay. Okay, Dustin, I wanted to ask, what do you wish you had known when you started real estate investing? That is one of the best questions because I did everything wrong when I first started. I literally, so I, I started in California when I first started investing, and I knew in 2006 when I first started investing, I couldn't buy a property and make passive income. And I had to go someplace else. I flew to Ohio. I'll round out quickly. Sorry, that this is, don't do it this way, but flew to Ohio, found a property manager, found a realtor, put them all together, and I bought my first property. Let's well, make a little bit of money. Then my property manager started stealing from me, like within six months. So it was really, really bad. So don't let that deter you. But I'm going to tell you the right way to remember. That was the wrong way. The right way is what I wish I would have known when I first got started. Now, if you remember at the beginning of the show, I said that I'm very entrepreneurial. I love business. I love business processes and making sure things run without me. I love that. And so what I wish I knew, and this is something I teach all of my real estate coaching students. I even have students that are in Canada that invest in America, which is fantastic as well. And so all my students, I teach them, what we do is we build the business first. So we build a business first. Now, what other people might teach you if you're going to be investing in real estate, buying a rental property, they'll say, find a property, run the numbers, make sure you're making 50 or or $100 a month in passive income. Then you find somebody to fix up the property. Then you find somebody to manage the property. Then you find somebody to lease the property. Well, in my opinion, that's almost backwards. What we do at Master Passive Income is teach how to build the business first. Now, let me show you exactly what that looks like. So if you're going to start a convenience store, a convenience store, basically, you know, found drinks, candy bars, all that sort of stuff. If you're going to start a convenience store, you're not going to sign a lease on a property and open the doors and put a box of candy bars in there. If you do that, you'll go out of business in two seconds. No, what you do instead is you'll get the gondolas. Those are the shelving units. You'll get the countertops, the cold storage, the fountain machines, the bank accounts, the cash registers, employees. 
all of that before you buy any inventory. Same thing with, with real estate investing, because I didn't do this in the beginning. Now this is what I do, is I build the business first. Same thing with, we don't look at properties first. A lot of people say, well, I found a bunch of realtors, they're finding me deals. Like, that doesn't matter. If you don't have anybody to manage those properties, you're gonna be out of luck. So what we do is when we build the business first, let's say we find an area of the country to invest. I invest all over the country. I have students that invest literally all over the country, no matter where they live. Like you, we invest thousands of miles away. But when we build the business first, we find the property managers, the contractors, the realtors, wholesalers, inspectors, plumbers, roofers, insurance agents, like literally everybody in the business before we buy the property. Now, what that really looks like is we are hiring experts to do this business for us. Now, if you do it backwards, the way that other people do it, my, my, my opinion backwards, where you can just find a property, buy it, then you find somebody, then you find somebody, then you find somebody, what's going to happen is it might turn about, and this happens a lot, and sadly, it's good for me, it's sad for other people, but I buy properties off of people that do this the wrong way. The wrong way is to do it backwards. The right way is to hire the experts, because Zillow, if you look at Zillow.com, that's not the expert. Redfin, Realtor.com, all these other sites, those are not the experts. Who are the experts? Those are the people on the ground that are actively working in that. Like your realtors, they are actively working in that area. They know. They have their foot, their ear on the ground. They know exactly what's going on. Same thing with their property managers. So what we're going to do is we're going to build the business first. We're going to check. Realtor, how much is this going to rent for? Realtor, how much is this going to, like, how many types of, what type of tenant am I going to get? What's the class of this area? Property manager, will you actually manage the property? Because it's sad. You get a lot of people, or I hear of a lot of people, buy a property, fix it up, spend thousands of dollars, but then try to find a property manager and can't find one. Either that there's all the property managers and saying, well, I won't manage it because it's in a bad area, or you can't find a good one. You find one that badly fall off. Find one that badly fall off. What we do, we find everybody first. We interview them. Highly, highly, highly interview everybody. And then we build the business. Then what it looks like is we build a business and then we put a piece of inventory, which is one property into that business. And then we can scale it by buying a second property, putting that into the business because your property is not your business. Your business owns inventory and those properties are your inventory. So that's the thing that I wish I would have known from the very beginning. Words of wisdom. It takes a village to be successful and it takes a team and you got to build that first. It, it's your foundation and you'll be so much more successful, so much quicker. Thank you for that advice. That's really good. Uh, I wanted to ask you, when you were telling your story about why you became a real estate investor, what made you decide to do that? Do you have any history, like any family in real estate who did this? So that's also another great question. So my dad was a contractor. So in high school growing up, I'd be working in Fresno, which is really, really hot in the summer, you know, banging nails on the slab. It's like 110 degrees. And so in, in general, I liked the idea of home. I thought this might be good, be a builder. But never had any realtors, any investors. I literally said, you know what? I want to do this. Actually, what really got me to the idea of possibly doing this in passive income was reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. That was a fantastic book that got me thinking, eventually, I would like to do this. Then I bought my first property realized how amazing it was. I make $250 a month. Now, here, Michelle, this is when I said, I'm going to quit my job. And so 
I want to quit my job, but with investing in real estate. So I realized if I make a minimum of $250 a month from one property, that's $3,000 a year without working. Remember, we have the other people do the work for us. 10 properties is $2,500 a month. That's $30,000 a year. 20 properties is $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year. You just scale it up from there. So, no, I didn't have anybody, but I said, you know what? I'm going to do my best. I learned from my mistakes as well as learn from podcasts and books and all that sort of stuff. So that leads me to ask you, if you don't mind sharing with us, what type of real estate investments do you do and how many doors do you have and how long do you typically keep your investments? So I'll start backwards. I keep my investments almost forever. If you're looking at the big screen, like if you're watching this, you can see my kids in my background. I literally do not invest for appreciation. In fact, that's another second thing that you should not do. In fact, when I started investing in 2006, the values of my houses were really high. Then it crashed in 2008, which was fine. I still made money and passive income. And then now, every single month, whether it went up, market went up, down, or sideways, I make money. And with that, I realized all this passive income, all my properties are literally double in, in the amount of rent I can rent, I rent it for. Plus, the value itself has gone up. I can literally and will literally give these to my children that are I have four kids. I'm going to teach them how to do it and give these properties. So, number one, I don't sell them. Number two, how many properties is – I have over 30 properties now, and I'm really blessed. I only have – well, when I was quitting my job, my wife is very very uh, frugal and risk-averse. And so she said, well, let's pay off a lot of these mortgages. I said, no, we can buy more properties with that money. She said, no, in order for you to quit, you have to pay off. You got to get rid of some of the payments and debt. So anyway, we're blessed that we have one mortgage on one property and a bundle loan, a commercial loan over four different properties. So all wow. the 30 plus properties are literally paid for. Yeah, it's a blessing. And then That's the last great. thing is the types of homes, three bedroom, two baths, one, car, one to two car garages, 1,200 to 1,500 square feet. And then I like residential. So four units, three units, two units, and one unit. I love those. Once you get the five units above, it's multifamily, which is a whole, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic. A whole lot of new things. So that's what I usually look for. And that's all over the country. That. Okay. Another question for you is what resources, because I know you've written a book and um, you have trained and you're, uh, con- you continue your education, but what resources uh, for maybe those new real estate investors or those wanting to invest that's listening today, uh, do you advise for real estate investing? What do you recommend? So I definitely love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts personally. And I thought if you're listening to this, you probably enjoy that too. So I love just giving out lots of free information. And so with my podcast, I literally, it's literally just me teaching real estate because Michelle, you'll understand this. I can literally teach anybody, repeat, anybody how to invest in real estate, but getting them over that hurdle so that they can realize that they can do it. Like when I lost my job, realized I'm going to do it. That is all on them. So what I do is I literally just give uh, so much free information from my YouTube channel to my podcast, Master Passive Income, as well as I – oh, so I have a real estate investing course. I can literally give everybody for free. Do you mind if I share that with everybody? Yes, please do. Awesome. Yeah, if you go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, it's all one word. I'll literally, I mean, it's, it's a robust uh, uh, course. It's literally going to show you how to build a business first, find the right properties, hire everybody right, scale your business, do everything right. I literally give you checklists and all that sort of stuff. I just want to have as many people get, get going as possible. But that's the biggest thing for me is just getting as much information, learn as much as I can. So I've been giving as much as I can. But there are also plenty of other great podcasts, YouTube channels that literally teach us as well. 
Oh, I love podcasts, obviously, and just there's so much on your drive as you're working out. In, in the bathtub, whatever, having a walk, it's great. Thanks for that, for that, because there are a lot of resources out there. And thank you so much for being on our show. Wish we had longer to spend, but we'll definitely have to have you back because there's a lot more questions I have for you, and I'm sure there's a lot more to share that you have to share. I'd love to be back on. Thank you. Thank you, Dustin. All right, let's get to this week's open houses at 571460 Morris Valley Road in Harrison Mills. There's an open house today from 2 to 4 p.m. Perfect two-bedroom, two-bath rancher backing onto green space in a gated community with pool, exercise room, boat launch, and clubhouse, $697,700. Then at 35067 Sward Road in Mission, there's an open house today from 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. Three-bedroom, one-bath, 800-square-foot cozy rancher in Shelter Cove at Lake on a great size lot. And at 164-12040 68th Avenue, Surrey, there's an open house today and tomorrow from 2 to 4 p.m. It's a corner unit, 1,359 square foot, two bed and two bath townhome in a great complex, freshly painted and ready to go with $750,000. At 13010 Burns Road in Mission, there's an open house tomorrow from 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. Amazing 4.6-acre property with a 1,536-square-foot, three-bedroom, two-bath home and a one-bedroom, one-bath carriage house, private and beautiful, $1.2 million. And at 11108 Greenwood Drive in Mission, there's an open house today from 2 to 4 p.m. and tomorrow from 11 till 1 p.m. It's a private 2412 square foot, four bed, two bath, artisan log home on four and a half acres and two detached workshops going for $1.8 million. And at 32578 McRae Avenue in Mission, you'll find an open house today from 2 to 4 p.m. It's a 3,187 square foot, five bedroom, three bath, open concept home on 1.74 acre lot with a private ravine and creek. And it's listed at $1.349 million. And at 8237 Tanaka Terrace in Mission, there's an open house today from 11 to 1 and tomorrow from 2 to 4 p.m. 5,000 plus square foot, seven bed, five bath home with a two bedroom legal suite and theater room and irrigation for a professionally landscaped lot. All for one million four hundred ninety-five thousand dollars, and at one four seven nine Highland Boulevard in Harrison Mills, there's an open house tomorrow from two to four p.m. Stunning thirty-three hundred square foot, five bedroom, three bath luxury rancher with amazing views of the river and mountains, and that could be yours for one point five million. We have some price improvements at four six three six six Princess Avenue in Chilliwack. You can check out this uh, 1,872-square-foot, three-bedroom, one-bedroom rancher and basement with fully fenced private backyard and a quiet no-through street. It's now ready for you at $698,900. And at 3137 Hot Springs Road in Agassiz, you'll find a rancher on 1.15 acres of privacy. The home is immaculate, three-bedroom, two-bath, and a 29-by-23 greenhouse, metal shed, Red barn, everything going on. Blueberry trees could be yours for $1.2 million. We have some new listings too. 206-7534, Briscoe Street and Mission. We've got Briscoe Manor, 35 plus. It's an 846 square foot, one bedroom, one bathroom condo in a great location, just $340,000. And at 5744-244th Street in Langley, we have a private half acre in a Salmon River, fabulous outbuildings, heated workshop, uh, garage two-car deep with a drive-through door, car park, 
a carport and RV and boat storage in the pole barn too. So plenty of space could be yours for $1,798,000. If you need more details, of course, you can find everything you need to know at michellecummins.ca. And join us again next week when we will talk real estate in order to unlock your real estate potential on a show where real estate is maximized. Thanks for listening.